0: Welcome to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast. I'm Ron Powell McLean. Ah, It's good to be here. It's good to be present and awake and focused. I took a couple weeks off and didn't uh, record a podcast. I started to record one a few weeks ago, and I stopped myself a couple times and was just... um, you know just a little overwhelmed with with other things uh, projects and things that that I've been working on I think I shared um, maybe in the last podcast that I've been working on some uh, additional classes um, to put on Cultivate Meditation Academy my my um, meditation training company. Um, so I've been really working on that. I'm super proud of what I'm putting together. And it's frankly, some things that I've been working on for, for quite some time. And I didn't necessarily feel like I had the, the spot for them and, um, cultivate meditation or CMA, as I like to call it, um, is, is really the perfect spot and really has the perfect audience. So I'm looking forward to everyone getting to experience those. I'm not gonna tell you what the, what the titles are yet, but I've got um, two of them. Um, one of them is completely free um, and you'll, you'll enjoy that. And it'd be something that you can share with, with others as well and has been an important um, training that I've shared for, many years and that I find super duper important and practical. You know, that's me. Practical Buddhism. So other than that, I think everything's been going well. I got my first uh, vaccine injection on Friday, which was, um, I got a little emotional. Um, It feels like you know, maybe we're getting somewhere and that maybe we'll be back doing some normal things. My, my husband and I were driving back. We got um, vaccinated a day apart in, and actually two different cities. So we had to drive um, to Lawrence, Kansas to get his, his shot the next day. He got a, a different brand. I got the Pfizer, he got the Moderna. Um, and both of us got sick. <laughs> Neither of us felt well and had headaches and achy. And um, so that was, that was an experience. So I'm, I'm assuming that second shot um, that I might need to take a day or two off to recover, but that's okay. I'm, I'm relieved in a way Um, we've been trying to get some time away to go see, my mother-in-law in in Florida. And I mean, if I'm going to go somewhere, Florida sounds really nice and warm and go to the beach and let my feet hit the sand and listen to the waves and water. And I've been thinking about that for quite a while. So I'm excited about that. But, you know, as usual, I've been practicing a lot and that is my mainstay. If I if I miss that and don't have that in my in my daily practice, I just I feel off. So I've felt a little rushed um, trying to get things together. And you know how you set timelines, and they're you know they're fake anyway because you know I own the company, but. <laughs> We set timelines as goals to keep us motivated and keep us on track, but then sometimes they show up and feel like undue pressure. Um, Cause you know, as, as soon as you start creating content um, there is, you know, at least for me, there's usually a clarity that comes while practicing what you're teaching, what I'm teaching and um, sometimes that means oh, go back and make sure that you know all the steps and all the 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 proper guidance is given along the way, and you know it just takes a, a step. A lot of times, I will record um, my own lectures or my own meditations and then listen to them, um, you know, with a an ear of participation. Um, I don't always get to do that. Um, a lot of my practice is leading. So it's always it's always nice for me to take uh, take a load off and have someone else uh, steer the bus. <laughs> and um, even sometimes that's my own recordings. So I'm able to just kind of take a step back and go, oh, that that one word. Let's change that word to make it make it more precise. Make it more clear. Um, one of my one of my refuge words um, years ago when I took refuge um, with a teacher in Kansas City, she had us write down a word um, just spontaneously after we had taken refuge, as a word that we could come back as not necessarily a mantra, but as Um, you know something that would remind us of why we had taken refuge which was powerful for me and I chose the word clarity I've used that that word um, sometimes if I'm writing um, and I'm you know have that little bit of writer's block or I get a little stuck I I just write clarity at the top of my page and think okay that's my that's my goal be clear and concise and hope to relieve some of the suffering through being as clear as i can be i've also noticed in being my own sound editor my my own speaking pattern and voice that I tend to sometimes languish in the expression and the word choices that I make. I'm very deliberate about trying to choose the words that are the most um, clear. So (laughs) just as I I did right there. (laughs) So, um, you know, part of my practice and I, I'm not sure that I've fully shared this, um, before, but I often meditate with a, a a notebook, um, you know, a journal, um, I like leather bound journals. And, um, when I was a child, um, even up to, I say child, but even up to probably almost, gosh, 30 or 35 years old i i kept journals or diaries and um, i enjoyed uh, sort of mind dumping what things that were stressing me out or things that were even profound thoughts that i didn't feel like i had anyone to share them with or you know whatever it might be just sort of a, a landing spot and i've enjoyed going back sometimes not enjoyed but um, i've enjoyed looking back at those and reading them I used to have a ritual when I would run out of pages in one before I started a brand new one I would read all of them and as a reminder of where I'd been and what I'd experienced as sort of a plan to not keep repeating the same mistakes which it was always evident to me when I read them back that I had repeated uh, several mistakes and uh, typically, in the uh, relationship department um, of my early self, because I, I don't think I actually even knew what I wanted. So in, in not having a clear understanding of, of what I was doing, it was, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy that it was going to fail. So it did, however, I digress. Um, I meditate now with a notebook um, and sometimes you can catch me um, if I'm leading meditation that sometimes something very uh, clear will come to me and I pause my, my practice for just a moment, not completely. I'm still fully awake and aware but take a moment to write those thoughts down. And I've been working a lot lately with um, the Lojong teachings, uh, Attitude Transformation in Seven Parts um, that was uh, sort of revealed to me in in, uh, Lama Suri teachings along with um, Lama John McCransky um so there's you know some of the teachings have been coming up and i think in in a lot of what i talk about on this podcast and in the dharma teachings or sunday dharma teachings as well as um you know daily meditations i'm quite often just pointing toward this moment, um, this profound moment that sort of sits between the past and the future. But it's the only moment that's truly alive. It's truly alive with everything that's arising. So thoughts, feelings, emotions, sensations, phenomenon, is happening here and now in this moment. So there's really nowhere else to di- to direct our attention. When we get lost thinking about the past, or or in- engulfed by thinking about the future and what we think we want in that in that time, that's not here. Um, we often miss the potholes in the road and drive right into them because we're not watching. We're not participating. So it's, it's really important to focus and learn to train yourself to recondition yourself to be in this present moment. And that's really just, it sounds so simple, but it's, it's really counterintuitive to what we typically do. If you think about, um, there are studies I read a, a study not long ago um, on Noom because I've been doing the Noom program uh, this year in weight loss, which is an app. If you've never heard of it, it's n do don't represent them, but I've been participating and have dropped like 35 pounds already. And it's probably the easiest way I've ever lost. But there's a component each day that is training. That's some readings that you do. And um, they shared a study on there saying that um, nearly half, I think it was 47% of our waking day is spent thinking about the past and the future. 47%. So if we could get even a piece of that back, just think how much, much better off we would be i mean talk about getting getting ahead of karma and you know i feel like so much of the negative karma in my own life has been because i haven't been present and it's sort of accidental karma it's just happening because i wasn't really paying attention and i got a flat tire driving driving through the pothole or driving you know off the off the road so these are important the other day when I was meditating I got this this clarity of the power of that awakened awareness in this moment and I had asked myself earlier that day what makes greatness and I I was it it was really in response to I was looking at the the Grammy nominees uh, prior to the award ceremony that was last night and I was seeing some you know some just amazing artistry and amazing performances I love music so it you know it's not it's not far from me to you know bust out in a Broadway tune in the shower or racing around the house we you know we named our our new puppy millie of course for thoroughly modern millie and i i languished and and fretted over whether to call her millie or sutton for sutton foster who <laughs> who played millie on broadway so i'm never far from music i've never been far from music i love chanting i love singing um, i love listening to other people saying it just it's a it's a good feeling for me but i was i was thinking about i was thinking about Billie eilish actually i think she's she's a very interesting character to me because she's she's kind of broken like the rest of us you know she suffers from some you know some anxiety and some depression and some you know very human attributes and still manages to really channel that into greatness. So I asked myself, what makes greatness? How do we get to be great? And of course, I had that immediate thought of, well, maybe it's genetic or maybe it's just situational. And, you know, they were they were born to the right parents like, you know, like Ben Platt to me is, you know, of course, another Broadway star. Um, but I also love him as a singer and I <laughs> he's, he's like my playlist really. like I when I, when I tell Alexa to play my favorites, um, it's a lot of Ben Platt songs. but you know his 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 father is a is an amazing um, producer and um, you know he just Maybe part of the reason that he's, you know, so good is that he was he was born with the right opportunities. Not that you know, not to diminish, he's super duper talented and um, in so many ways. So um, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But you know, I was wondering does greatness fall on those you know with with better opportunities? But then you know, I think about people who maybe were just poor and I don't think Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas were, you know, born into, you know, certainly a loving home. And I kind of like her parents. I think they're cool people, especially her dad. I think her dad's (laughs) an interesting character, but, you know, to support two very creative young people who, you know, managed to pound out all these Grammy women, Grammy winning um, songs and albums in their childhood bedroom. Like, it's just, it it's amazing to me. And they didn't come from a lot of money. They were, you know, kind of poor. So, and she's got some, you know, she's got some, some challenges like the rest of us. So I asked myself what, what brings greatness and what, what came to me as I sat in that day's meditation was I said, how do you be great? How how do you become great? By planning or remembering, which lead us to, you know, past and future. So I'm going to plan to be great in the future. And that's where I get sort of caught up in the the futuring. Futuring to me means planning and I tend to over over plan and I have that personality that is always preparing for what's to come. Um, Educating myself um, I literally have a binder full of certificates, certifications, classes that I've taken, things that I've learned. Um, if you n- need to know anything about hypnosis or um, <laughs> um, how to be a, a personal coach or um, how to run a nonprofit, Um, I'm certified in these things as well, or uh, Myers-Briggs, I'm certified in that, I'm certified in um, Sarbanes-Oxley standards, if you're a nerd enough to know what that is. Um, These are all things that interest me, and I dive in completely, but part of that is being, trying to be prepared, and I remember hearing Oprah say that she didn't believe in luck, that luck in her mind was opportunity meeting preparedness. And in that, I have overprepared. And not that it's not served me, because I feel that my personality and my, my longing to learn whatever um, is... Is good. I think it's it's good to have that hunger and have that curiosity that leads you to that. It's also led me to a slew of of Kindle books I may never read, or I read the first few chapters and realize no, that's not it. I I was I'll share this with you. I was I was reading a book on the um, Upanishads um, that. You know it's some of the quintessential stuff that that leads us into Hinduism and into Buddhism, and I thought, oh, I haven't read that. I've read things and quotes from it, but you know I should read that. So I was reading that, and it mentioned um, reading something from the original Sanskrit, and I thought, I don't, I don't know Sanskrit. So I was, <laughs> I literally found myself at like 1.30 this this morning looking on Amazon to see if there were books on uh, learning to speak and read Sanskrit. (laughs) I stopped myself because I see it coming. (laughs) But how do you be great? Do you be great by planning and hoping for that opportunity? Or are you great by remembering or looking to the historical accounts of those who have been great before us and try to emulate those, and maybe there's a combination of being prepared and being curious and looking for the path of others. We do that a lot. I certainly do that a lot with the Buddha's path and you know the Buddhist teachers that I that I gravitate toward and the teachings like Longchenpa that that really draw me in and are so clear to me. But really where the rubber meets the road is in this moment and the opportunity, that opportunity that we've been preparing for by looking to the past or trying to prepare ourselves for the future is only available in the opportunity of now. Right here, right now. So it's not by simply looking to the past or simply looking to the future. If it's not happening now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I've prepared for it or if I've looked at and understood the historical significance of Padmasambhava, our Guru Rinpoche. It doesn't matter if I understand that, if I'm not putting that into action, wise action, Right here and now. And that may seem so obvious, but we're not doing it. If we're spending 47% of our time thinking about the past or the future in the awakened part of our day, I think the rest of it is, (laughs) you know, the the rest of that day is is certainly um, things that you know, we have to pay attention or we'll die, like driving or, you know, crossing the crossing the busy road or, you know, operating heavy machinery or uh, cooking devices that we would certainly harm ourselves if we're not paying attention or harm others or, you know, the presence that it takes to care for ourselves and You know, those little beings and big beings around us that uh, need our attentive awareness. So it really, really points to never underestimating, never underestimating the power that this moment has. I think if you think about your, consider your experience and know that we all want to be great. We all want to have a legacy that it doesn't happen by planning only or studying the history. If we're not implementing and acting with wisdom and compassion loving kindness here and now i don't know is it is it just me or does that feel like the real key to the kingdom The kingdom of understanding the kingdom of oh wow i've been missing it it's the forest for the trees it's been here all along what does the glenda the good witch say to to dorothy you've had the power all along well we've all had the power all along don't overlook it The potential for greatness lies within this moment, the most important moment. I always say that in in meditation, and I've seen people's faces. You know, it's it's been a little while since I had faces looking back at me. In meditation, but I've said this moment is the most important moment. And I see the eye roll. <laughs> I see the smirk, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this moment that I'm being quiet with my eyes closed or half closed and, you know, trying to meditate, trying to, to calm myself, calm my mind. This is the most important moment. And what I mean to say is, yes, this moment, this moment, this moment is strung together with an experience that doesn't cease, that unending consciousness that ties it all together. But we have to really utilize that tool of unbiased consciousness to see everything as it is, as it's arising, so that we can act with wisdom and compassion for ourselves and others. It's not hard if you're paying attention. It's really hard if you're not. So that's what we practice. That's what we practice when we, when we sit in, in a meditative state every day. It's practicing presence. The here and now. The natural here and now. Not as we're trying to conjure it. But as it really is. And taming our own neuroses about it, not getting stuck, not getting stuck where we get motivated and drug around by our likes and dislikes. In the Lojong teachings, there are five strengths that are mentioned. The teaching is practice the five strengths the condensed heart instructions. And the first is strong determination to train in opening the heart and mind. This is bodhicitta. This is the curiosity and compassion that allow us to see without judgment, our own actions, our own interactions, and those of others as well that awakened heart-mind. Second is familiarization with the practices such as Tonglen that help us to understand the giving and receiving, the giving and receiving of that compassionate wisdom, how to give it, how to receive it, how to transform it, The third is the positive seed that is within you, experienced as a yearning to practice and wake up. This is our motivation. This is where we find ourselves hungry to understand, hungry to learn Sanskrit so that we can read the ancient texts and see if we can find the true meaning have a true, clear understanding of what they meant. The fourth says it's reproach, which is a tricky one for Western students, but it's an important practice, realizing that ego clinging causes us to suffer. So instead, we delight in self-reflection, honesty, and in seeing where you get stuck. Ah, that's where, I'm, that's where I keep doing that same thing over and over that leads me to despair or leads me to frustration. Ah, there it is. And when we see, ah, there it is, we're less likely to trip over it in the future, right? But this all comes through the lens of awakened awareness. The fifth is the aspiration to help alleviating suffering in the world, expressing the intention to ourselves and understanding that as we give that gift to ourselves, we are also giving it to the whole world. So don't overlook it, it's right in front of you, this moment. So don't think as you sit down on the cushion that there's some linear path that you're missing, that there's some book that you must read or a degree that you must have or an awakening that you must have to develop, this enlightened being, this enlightened experience. Brothers and sisters, my friends, that enlightened moment is with your awakened awareness now. Right here, right now, nowhere else. It's not next Tuesday. It's not the, the year after that. It's not five years after that. It's not after you've become a certain age or walked the, walked the path in the Himalayas. It's not that. It's this moment, this moment, the power of understanding that everything is arising Everything is happening. Your heartbeat, your breath, the synapses that are firing in your brain, now, not later, not before, now. Lama Suryadas gave me the the name Orjan Paolo, and he said it means lotus space walker. And it sounds funny. He even made a joke that um, I could start uh, signing my checks L. Skywalker. Which I thought was really fun and funny. But it sat with me in this way that has made me endeavor to understand that space. And I wrote something in the front of one of those journals in a retreat with Lama Surya Das that said, that says, don't overlook the space within. And as I've developed my understanding and practiced clear to me that it's not space like the final frontier it's the space in between the future and the past this space this nowness so I hope to be a disruption in your thinking and I hope to hear about your successes in that disruption, because it comes here and now, not anywhere else. So if you want to be great, be here. If you want to be great, be present with wisdom and compassion There is greatness. Thanks to all my listeners all over the world. I I love to see that you've downloaded the podcast. Love to see that you've listened to the podcast. And it helps to motivate me on this path. So don't overlook that you are the driver. For We only teach when asked. So have a great week. I'll see you soon. Bye now.